I want to welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And I am so excited about today's SALTCast. Uh, I have the opportunity to visit with a very dear friend. In fact, uh, Bill and the other two elders at the Manford Congregation have just become uh, colleagues of sort. I just, uh, I love them and appreciate them in so many ways. And so Bill Zucker is with us today. He is one of the three elders uh, that serve at the Manford Congregation in Manford, Oklahoma. Bill, welcome and thank you for, for being a part of this. Well, Bob, first of all, thank you. I I don't know that I can add anything, but I'm in, going to enjoy this and it's a pleasure talking to you. As Bob said, I'm one of three elders and Bob has helped us a whole lot. I, if you have not contacted Salt, you should. They they really have helped us do some things that we would not have done without some help from Bob. And he is a great support to us. I and appreciate you saying that. He is not paying <laughs> me to do that. Well, I appreciate the plug. And I tell you, uh, I think everybody knows now why I appreciate and value you guys so much. Well, let's let's kind of jump into this. And um, I'd like for you to just share with everybody uh, a little bit about the congregation, talk about the kind of the demographics of the congregation, but tell us just uh, kind of the journey that you guys have been through and what you've experienced as a congregation as a result of this pandemic and and kind of what has developed over the last year with the congregation there at Manford. Well, first of all, we are a town about 20 miles outside Tulsa. Attendance is approximately 120. We're very fortunate. We have a very good diverse age range. We have a lot of children, I'm going to say 12, 13 and under. We're a little short on high schoolers. We have a good group of parents, 25 to, I'm going to say 40-ish. We're a little short on 50s, but that explains why we don't have many teenagers. And then we're pretty even through the older people. And, you know, I think our congregation was like everybody else. You know, who'd ever thought we're going to shut down the society, basically. You know, everyone was going to go home and work. We're going to not have school. We're going to not meet in the building. And I think our congregation was like everybody else. We adapted and did the best we could. Uh, I think. But my wife, I'm going to just tell you this story. When I said, I'm going to come home and work, she says, no, you're not. You're going to drive me crazy if you do. And I got him to let me stay at work. But I'm sure that's what every spouse was going through. And right. if you had two spouses coming home to work, that was probably how are we going to do this and not invade each other's space? I cannot imagine parents, I mean, trying to school kids from home. And so, you know, when we sat down in March, when this thing started, we started talking about you know, loneliness, how you know, our older people and how they were going to interact and particularly with church being down. I mean, that's a large part of their social life. We worried a lot about the families. I mean, again, we had one and, and it was because he, he just drives me crazy. He's home all the time and, and you know, he's working and we can't play and have noise because he's working. And, and, you know, so we worried about family stress and marriage and all this stuff. Bob, one of the things that concerned us more than anything was our small kids. Right. And particularly when this thing started, it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of churches or we weren't hearing a lot about things for our small kids. 
And that really worried us because when you take these small kids and, and you know, they, they're no longer going to school or, or daycare and they can't do extracurricular, extracurricular activities and all of a sudden they can't even play with their friends like normal. And, you know, so many times we just think, oh, they'll, they'll be fine because they don't say anything. But at that age, it probably impacts them more than anyone else. And, and that was, for us, our biggest concern. Again, we have a lot of kids that age. In our first meeting, and it may have been before we even talked about what we were going to do for worship, we addressed our kids. And I want to make a plug for our, our ministers. We had two at the time. Tony Cassie, who has been with us for 26 years, is amazing with small kids. And between class and worship, when we before the pandemic, he would he would have all the kids and we'd they'd sing songs and all this stuff. And the kids just loved it. And, and we're sitting there in a meeting and we're like, well, why can't we create something like that for them at home? And we talked about adding like some story and some other fun things. And we came up with what we called kid videos. Mm-hmm. And Jack Dodgen, who was our associate minister, who is now the pulpit minister of Midwest City, and doing a great job there. He's he is fabulous with recording and adding fun stuff. And between Tony and Jack, they made the best videos for our young kids. They included singing, included stories, it just included craziness. They were 10 to 15 minutes. And when we started out, we we were making four a week. We wanted something, and we had released the first one. It was Sunday morning. To, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The first one came out when class would have, would have hit. So we did that for our, our young kids first. That was, again, the first thing we did. What has been amazing, and I don't have the latest numbers, when Jack left in August, we stopped getting updates, but one of our videos had had over 2,000 views. Wow. And I, I know they were spread far and wide, but our Parents really appreciated it. Another thing we did for our kids, you know, we closed church the middle of March. Easter was just like three or four weeks later. Well, for us, the uh, holiday meals are a big deal. And Easter, we had a, we always have a big potluck. We have an Easter egg hunt. We had to cancel all that. Well, I was talking to Kevin, one of the other elders. I said, we need to do something for these kids. And I need to throw this out because Bob knows Kevin and his has will tell you he's never had an idea in his life. <laughs> and he says, you know what? My daughter, and I don't know whether it was their class, is, is taking Easter eggs to their kids and putting them in the yards. And we're like, wow, that's a, that's a great idea. So we checked with the other elder and he said, wow, that is fabulous. So the three of us with our wives stuffed over 300 eggs. We sacked them up by family, and the Saturday, actually a week before Easter, the Saturday, we took off in our cars car, and we delivered Easter eggs to every child in our congregation. And we have a, a large area to cover. To put in perspective, we drove 300 miles, and it took us eight hours to hit all of the families. <laughs> and what we was 
Well, first of all, we got several things out of it. Our kids enjoyed it. We called all the parents and told them what we were doing. Well, they they couldn't believe it. So we got a lot of, I don't know, good things from the parents. So as we're going through and delivering these these eggs, uh, all of a sudden we we've got a Facebook following, and the some of the parents as we're going through, and the first one hit at like ten o'clock in the morning. The last one hit at five o'clock in the afternoon. And we're just about finishing up and we're in, in the car. And I said, well, I'm going to call so-and-so and check off on them and see how they're doing because they were sick. And they said, oh, we're doing much better. And we're following you on Facebook. <laughs> like, oh, okay. He goes, yes, this egg, being egged by the elders is a great thing. <laughs> and we had a sign and, it, and we left it on every house and it said, egged by the elders. And by the next morning, probably three-fourths of our congregation knew what we were doing. Just by by Facebook, mm-hmm. and if it's okay with you, I'd, I'd like to read one of the. Sure, I think it'd be great. And and it was it was just pretty amazing. It said, and Brinley, who is one of the daughters, said was upset all day yesterday because we wouldn't be going to Grammys for Easter like we normally do every year, and that she would have no eggs to find. Ironically, today we find a sign on our front porch that we had been egged by the elders in our church. We go outside and eggs are hidden everywhere. Talk about a catch me in the fields type of moment. How grateful we are to be part of a church family who loves our kiddos so fiercely. They pray with them and for them. They teach them. They sing with them. They nurture them. They hide eggs with them in the middle of a pandemic. And then there was a little bit more. And and that was the kind of response we received. And we never even thought, thought about it. Sure. Well, I want to kind of launch from that because okay. I know you guys have done some other things um, with the online presence. And I'd like for you to share uh, kind of the approach that the elders took to uh, using Facebook Live and, and just having online streaming of the services and, and not just the service, but the way you approached having the service as well as the Wednesday night prayer session uh, share what you guys did with all that, because I think that's just extremely powerful and helpful. Well, and I didn't say this originally, but the thing we were trying to do was provide as much normalcy as possible. Sure. And, you know, that's tough to do when you can't come to the church building. <laughs> and and that was the purpose of the kids' videos and the Easter egg and, and all that. Well, when we were planning our church service, we said, how can we do this and make it feel like church? And we made the decision we were going to try to keep it exactly like we did before, as close as possible. The three elders and the two preachers, we we met in the auditorium, we wore our suits and ties, and we, I'm just going to kind of go through the order if that's okay. Sure. Uh, Kevin, well, the other elders would get up at the start of every service and welcome everyone online. You'd talk a little bit about what we were going through, you know, as a country and, and closing down. And and he always made a good point of saying, you know, let's even though we're not in the building, we're still worshiping as a family. Let's just focus on nothing else but worshiping God at this time. And and then we would do communion, and we did communion as a group. One of whichever one of our preachers wasn't doing the sermon, we'd get up and do what we have a communion devotional. And then we would do the bread and we'd do the cup as a group. And then we'd do the sermon. 
And then afterwards was my part. My job was to tell everyone what was going on and whether we were canceling things or what we were doing. And mainly it was keeping them informed on what we were doing. And, and I'd start every week and I'd say, okay, don't forget we released a kid's video this morning. We're going to do that Monday, Tuesday, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Our pre-recorded class is on it. Wednesday morning, we will do this. And we always, if you have any questions, give us a call. For the first month or two, we followed up with letters every every week telling them exactly what was going on and what we were doing. We felt like we we just could not communicate enough. Well, then after I would do that, then Leon, the other elder, would do our shepherd's prayer. And he he's amazing. I mean, we weren't naming names, which when you're doing a prayer, that's tough because we didn't feel yeah. like that's something we wanted to do online. And he he is we believe he has been doing the shepherd's prayer for ten straight months because we have kept the same schedule even as we hope has opened have have opened up. And we did that Sunday morning, so we'd have our kids' video and our pre pre recorded class come on about the time class would have started. We did our worship, and then on Wednesday night, we didn't know what to do, so we, we decided we would do a prayer service, and the five of us did it. We would go up the building. We would decide what we were going to pray for. We'd get on the auditor- go, go to the auditorium. We'd get behind the podium, and we would each say a prayer, and we'd get up, and we'd tell what it was about. It's only about a 15 or 20-minute service, but... We have been amazed at the number of viewers that we've had online. I mean, we were doing a little bit online. We were trying to get more into it. But, Bob, when we opened in June, we had 100 people in the building and 171 viewing us online. Wow. And that's just those logged on. I mean, we don't even know what the number is. And that has continued uh, probably about two weeks ago. I was talking to one of the ladies, and she goes, did you realize we had 242 views on Wednesday's prayer service? I'm like, no, I, I haven't been keeping track of it. So I was telling Leon, and he pulled up and said, well, now we're up to 497. <laughs> I mean, our members have done a great job of sharing it, and, and we have noticed from our online, because we were really looking at the first, we, we have members. We've had people from the community. It seemed like everyone, you know, at the time was thinking about God and what was going on. We had former members who had moved. We had family members who it, it truly amazed us at, at the re- reaction response from the community. And when we reopened, we we could have opened in May, but we made the decision we were going to wait to June because they had relaxed some of the standards. Uh, we have just told people, if you don't feel comfortable, don't come. If you feel like you're at risk, don't come. And it just amazed us at the people that still feel like they're part of the service. And we always try to make sure, you know, Kevin still gets up and says, man, if you're honest, line, we're, we're, we're missing you and we can't wait till we see you again and all this stuff. I still tell them what's going on, what we're canceling or what we're adding and what we're doing. Uh, we have added since we opened up the building after I pray, then we turn off the recording so Leon can do the shepherd's prayer and, and, and name names. Sure. We felt like that was important. Right. 
one one of the things we did for our children, which when we opened up, we did not start back with class. We just started back with worship. Right. And it was like, okay, what are we why why should parents with small kids bring their bring them here when all we're gonna do is sit in the pew? We need something to to make the kids feel like they're part of it. So with the way we have our schedule, because we're doing limited singing because of the super spreader. At the end of service, after I prayed, we'd turn the recording off. Then we would play the newest kids video. So that was how we introduced it. And All that right. way it let the kids feel like they were part of it. What we found amazing, so I'm not sure that the adults didn't enjoy the videos more than the kids. <laughs> I mean, We'd be looking around, there'd be a 70-year-old woman doing, you know, all the motions to, you know, the devil is a sly old fox or something. And everyone was just grinning. I'm not sure we, well, in fact, we've been doing it since June and we're going to keep doing it probably. But it allowed the kids to participate and it gave us something at the end. It made us more of a family by having something for all ages there. Right. And then Leon does the shepherd's prayer and we go home. Well, you've mentioned something that I, I really want to, as, as we kind of wrap this thing up here in this session, you mentioned sending a letter out to everyone in the congregation, kind of updating them. Was that, I, I know that wasn't the only method that you used. So what what ways were you using to make sure everyone received updates and that you were communicating with everyone in the congregation so that they were aware of what was going on? Well, again, we felt like it was important for us to, projected so that that was my job at service and so we started there we then basically sent a letter out telling them the exact same thing we took the congregation and we broke it up into five groups and each of us had about 15 names and every week we would call the people in our group first of all after two weeks we traded them that way Eventually, everyone got called by by everyone. But we would call and we would just, hey, are you able to get online? Do you understand what we're doing? Uh, we would talk to them about what was going on. Bob, it, it would take between four and five hours to call 15 right. people. And I'm going to say this, and it, some people might say, oh, that's some nights I would come home from work. I'm like, oh. I don't want to make calls. I'm, I don't want to call. So, so this could be 45 minutes and I'd get on the phone. And it's like, you know, when you go to church, when you're not in right. 45 minutes, I was so pumped, but <laughs> it, it was amazing. We, we actually had great dialogue with everyone. I mean, it's hard to talk to people when you're in the four year or young, know, you right. always have the best of intentions. Again, we were calling people. We called people that don't come very often. Those that, you know, we called them all and we yeah. we talked to them and we really found out with our older people that were maybe living by themselves, they were lonely. And we mm-hmm. tried to give them all the time that they could. And, and like I said, there were a lot of 45 minutes to an hour calls. Yeah. And it kind of balanced out because then you'd get those. Well, I'm not in the middle of dinner. I, I've got the letter. I understand it. And so it kind of <laughs> equaled out. But it, right. it really and we did that. We sent letters out probably for two weeks or two months, excuse me, every week we'd send them. And we made calls from March. We did real good till about September. <laughs> and all of a sudden we all got tired. 
and we started, it was started like, well, let's just call those. Well, we finally decided last month that, man, we haven't been doing a very good job, so we're, we're back on it again. Good. So we feel like that was a, a big reason why everyone stayed informed. Sure. And, you know, particularly, particularly with our older people. Okay, do you, do you understand how to get on? And, you know, we, sometimes we had to put Jack, okay, Jack, you need to call and tell him how to walk through this. And sure. it, it, I think we got everyone pretty much on it. It's, it's amazed me how re- receptive the congregation has been. Yeah. Well, I think everybody can see real quickly, just in the time that we've been together today, why I have grown to love you and Kevin and Leon so much. You guys just do a great job. And I appreciate so much the work that you do, not only as elders, but uh, as well, just the opportunity to work with you and to see all that you're doing for the congregation uh, is exciting. And I want to thank you for taking time to visit with us today uh, and talking about this. And uh, we've got more we're going to talk about in our next session. So I'm going to encourage everybody to listen to the next session. And uh, I know that they'll continue to be benef- benefit from that time. So but thank you. I appreciate it so much. Bob, again, I appreciate giving us an opportunity to do it. I'm not sure we've added a lot. We try hard, man, but that's about all I can say. Well, we appreciate the work you do. Well, thank you. You've added a lot, and I know there's more coming, so we're going to talk more in the next session. Just appreciate everybody listening today. Uh, Welcome you to come back and listen to our next session, and until then, God bless.